Let's sing and swing. Evening visit with Mrs. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Two o'clock on Thursday afternoon in Manila. And now we bring you Forbidden Diary, the true World War II story of Natalie Crowder, based on her secret journal written from a Japanese prison camp in the Philippines. Episode 4, Hobson's Choice. Previously on Forbidden Diary. I think we're all going a little nuts, sitting around waiting for God knows what. You wouldn't believe how many crazy rumors are out there. Oh, yes, I would. Come over to my practice sometime. <laughs> I asked Natalie if uh, she wanted to go up to the Baguio Mountain Trail to a less exposed place, and boy, did she give me a quick and emphatic no. I've always said that you have a very smart wife, have I not? If the roads are blown up, you'd be cut off from food. That's what my patients realized. Better to stay where you are. It's all in God's hands anyway. And now... Episode 4 December 21, 1941 Three big cases of supplies arrived at the Red Cross room this afternoon. Josephine Paragon and I were checking the contents of the first aid kits when Jerry walked in the door. I knew immediately that something was wrong. Here's the packing slip, Josephine. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Here goes. Um, four packs of sterilized gauze. Check. Two one-ounce tubes of ammoniated mercuric ointment. Got it. Uh, one bottle of 500 cathartic compound pills. What are those? Laxatives. Oh... Four tubes of sulfur ointment. One ounce? Mm, yes, it looks like they're all one ounce. Okay, uh, next are four tubes of boric acid ointment. Two tubes of salicylic acid ointment. Jerry, what are you doing here? Come on, Natalie, we're going for a ride. Now? <laughs> Why? I'll tell you in the car. Well, okay. Josephine? You go ahead. I can take care of the first aid kits. I'll be back soon, I think. What's going on? The military's burning up the station's gas tanks. What? They can't do that. Oh, they sure can. But the gas station's our last source of income. First our insurance business and now this. What do you say, darling? Wanna go kiss our livelihood goodbye? <laughs> well, uh, why not? That a girl. You can see the station from the lookout point. That's where we're going. I just don't understand. 
Why is the army burning our gasoline? They don't want the Japanese to get their hands on it and use it against us. Is this it, then? Are the Japanese going to invade us? Maybe MacArthur's got a few more cards to play, but I'm sure not seeing them. That's it over there, right? Twelve years of hard work up in smoke. <sighs> Literally. And not a thing we can do about it? Nope. Not a damned thing. <laughs> you know, just the other day, I was waiting for you at the station... And a Filipino boy gave me the most beautiful magnolia blossom. Yeah, sure was nice while it lasted, huh? Well, wouldn't be the first time we've started over. Nope. Hey, did I ever tell you about Mrs. Clipstone? No. What about Mrs. Clipstone? Ed Pillsbury and I got stuck in the air raid shelter at the hotel downtown. Mm-hmm. So as the siren's going off, Mrs. Clipstone charges in from the beauty parlor wearing a black salon cape. Her hair stood straight out all over our head, wrapped around these, uh, spike-looking things with electrical cords hanging off of them. They weren't spikes. They're rollers. Mrs. Clipstone was having a permanent. She looked like Medusa. That's a terrible thing to say. How embarrassing. Ed and I couldn't look at each other because we knew we'd start cracking up. Then Reggie Lamming comes barreling into the shelter, takes one look at Mrs. Clipstone, and runs out. I don't believe a word you're saying. I'm serious. It was a long air raid. I don't know how we kept a straight face. Oh, you poor things. And no one's seen hiding her hair or Reggie. Ed says he ran straight up the mountains with Igorots. December 22nd, 1941. We turned the radio on this morning to hear news that 80 Japanese ships are now in the Gulf of Lingayen. That's only 18 miles as the crow flies from Baguio. They reached the Gulf last night, despite bad weather and heavy seas destroying some of their landing craft. There hasn't been any more news, but all day we heard booms coming from down along the coastline and couldn't help wondering if Japanese soldiers had waded onto our shores. Some people say that the Blitzkrieg is over, and the invasion phase has begun. I can certainly see why. If the Japanese prevail, they'll surely hike up to Baguio on the two main trails connecting us to the beach. Zigzag and Nangilian trails are steep, but it wouldn't take much time for healthy, young soldiers to hike up to Baguio. You can see how everyone's fears have intensified during air raids. When a Japanese plane dive-bombed Camp Hay this afternoon, our shelter was bedlam. Our phone now rings every five minutes, 
with people telling us facts, rumors, and denials. I couldn't begin to put down all we've heard and denied. Even after our gasoline was destroyed, I still thought help was on the way, or, or that we could at least hold the line. But with Japanese soldiers probably landing on our beaches, and what Jerry finally told me, I've come to realize that we're very small in the large plan. <sighs> All right, I'm coming. Hello? Jerry, are they really going to blow up Zigzag Trail today? Uh, not that I know of, Philippe. Where'd you hear that? Hello? Hey, Jer, the Baltic Mine's gonna blow up their oil tanks. Really? Uh, are you sure, Joe? Yeah, my boss just told me. What are you guys gonna do? Are you gonna scram out of here? No, not right now, anyway. Um, what about you and Ginger? The Japs are hiking up Zigzag Trail! Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Ted. I haven't heard a word about that happening. For Christ's sake, Jerry. Don't you hear the gunfire? Calm down for a second. That's cannon fire off of ships. You can't hear small arms 18 miles away. Jesus, you know that. Millie and I aren't going to just sit in our house waiting for the Japs to show up. I'm not sure where you're going to go. You're not planning to go to Manila, are you? No. Millie wouldn't make it. So we went to the Pines Hotel this morning to wait for the Japs. Millie feels safer with a group of people. <sighs> that makes sense. But I haven't heard anything concrete about the Japanese. Yeah, well, we ended up going home. You know we're alone now. Our two boys signed up. No. I, I didn't know that, Ted. Those nuthead kids? They have no idea what they're in for. You know what the Japanese are like. Yeah, I remember Vladivostok. We thought that we'd never get out of there alive. And for what? So we could guard Uncle Sam's property from the Germans. And then the Russians. And the damn Japanese? That was 21 years ago. That didn't take long, did it? And now we're smack dab in the middle of another war. They're starting to number them. Did you know that? We weren't in the Great War, Jerry. We were in World War One. But we both got through it. By the skin of our frozen butts. And now my sons are... I... I don't know if Millie's gonna get through this one. I really don't. She will. Millie's tough. Well, I'll pull through this, Ted. That's a bunch of happy horse hockey. And you know it, Crowder. Yeah, well... <laughs> it's all I got left. I was, uh, sorry to hear about your gas station. No worse than anyone else on this island. You'll keep me posted if you hear anything? You know I will. Yeah, I do. Thanks, Jerry. Bye, Ted. Bye. Hello? Hi, Jerry. Oh, hi, Carl. Hey, I just got out of a meeting with the mayor. Some rumor about the Japs invading Bakio sent a bunch of families rushing over to the Pines Hotel in the wee hours this morning. Yeah, I just hung up the phone with Ted English about that. It was a disaster. There were about a hundred people, and no one was in charge. Everyone brought crying kids and odd pieces of luggage. Of course, nothing happened, so they all hiked back home. jeez. Oh, we can't have families running out of their houses every time a rumor bubbles up. People feel safer in a group. Yeah, well, troop 
told, I can't blame them, but there has to be some sort of plan in place. <laughs> You're not going to get an argument out of me. So listen, the headmaster at Brent offered his school as a shelter. You know, should the need arise. Bakio Country Club and the four hotels in town are going to do the same. You want me to spread the word? I'd really appreciate that, Jerry. We just can't have people jammed into one place. Or families running around Baguio trying to find a shelter. Exactly. That kind of chaos will get people killed if the Japs ever take over. You bet it will. I saw it firsthand in Russia. Russia? When were you in Russia? 1920. Army shipped me off to Vladivostok. No kidding. Bet you've never heard of Vladivostok. It's a Russian port off the Sea of Japan. Occupied Korea's right on the southern border. Why were you in Russia? President Wilson kept sending troops there after WW1. I was in the Siberian expedition. Never heard of it. We were there to get Czech soldiers out of Russia and safeguard American military supplies stuck on the Trans-Siberian Railway in eastern Russia. But the war was over. Who were you safeguarding it against? Everyone. The Bolsheviks, Cossacks. It was a real free-for-all. They were an ally at the beginning of the war. We sent military supplies so they could fight the Germans from the east. Oh. We shipped them to Vladivostok and then loaded them onto Trans-Siberian Railway to go across Russia to the German line. Man, I've never seen so many railroad cars. Seemed like miles of them. But the Russian Revolution changed everything. How was that? After the Bolsheviks took over the government, they declared Russia neutral against Germany. year before the war ended. Yep. How about them apples, huh? But the worst part was the Russian Civil War after the coup. It kept going after Germany surrendered. Reds against the white Russians, right? Nah, it wasn't that simple. A lot of groups fought the Bolsheviks. Monarchists, social revolutionaries, Cossacks. But they were too splintered to gain any power. Man, I gotta tell you, we ran into some tough customers. Especially these two Cossack, uh, I don't know what they were, warlords, bandits. They killed anyone they thought was a Bolshevik and slaughtered entire villages. It was like something out of the Middle Ages. Wow. Yeah, after we refused to support them militarily, the Cossacks turned on us, and the Japanese sided with them. Wait, 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 wait. What were the Japanese doing there? They were our allies in WW1, but the Japs saw the Russian Civil War as an opportunity to expand their empire. Like I said, their Korean territories border Russia and it was in their interest to keep Russia destabilized. Anyway, when it was clear that the Bolsheviks were winning, Wilson pulled us out of Russia for good. I've never heard anything of this. I'm telling you, Carl, it was like walking on eggshells loaded with dynamite. We got into skirmishes and standoffs with soldiers who were supposed to be our allies. Not knowing what to do from one moment to the next got men killed. That's what I was talking about. Did you fight the Japs? No but I learned a few things about their military. Pretty ruthless, huh? Not only that, they're as brutal to their own troops as their enemies. Really? Yeah. If a soldier doesn't follow orders to the letter, God help him. Well, what'll happen? Well, he's lucky he'll just get the crap beaten out of him. Officers, too. If they'll do that to their own, what's going to happen to us? Nothing. If we don't panic and do something stupid. I think you guys are on the right track. People are ready to follow a plan. Wow, you've sure given me a lot to think about. Worth what you paid for it. Well, I doubt that. Okay, here's what we need you to do. Brent School can house a maximum of 300.
Hour. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Huh? The telephone. Oh, Christ Almighty! What time is it? Oh, five a.m. Where's my robe? Uh, on the bedpost. Jerry, don't step on BD. If it's Ted English, I'm gonna kill him. Ouch! For crying in 16 buckets. All right, I'm coming. Hello. Jerry, it's Carl. What's up, Carl? Sorry to wake you, but they're blocking the road to Manila in a few hours. If you and your family want to leave, this is your last chance. Who is it? It's Carl. When do we have to be down there? 7 a.m. I don't know if we'll be there, Carl. Natalie and I have to talk about it. This is for real, Jerry. You can't get out of Baguio after this. At least not by car. Several of the mining camps have already gone. What are you going to do? I'm going to stay. If you're going to stay, let me know. We'll need your help. I will. And Jerry, whatever you two decide, good luck. You too. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. What was that all about? Carl says they're closing the last road out of town at 7 a.m. If we want to go to Manila by car, we have to be on the road before then. Oh, I still don't think leaving Baguio is a good idea. I mean... Do we really want to join the panic? It is easy to let your imagination go wild. What if we have a head-on collision on the way to Manila? Or the Japanese are already there? Or we could get caught in enemy strafing and be lying out in the middle of nowhere, injured. And who's to say Manila is any better? Your guess is as good as mine. People are living 22 to a house there. Well, you know what I want to do. Yeah, I know. But the thing is... I'm not sure if we're safe in Baguio, either. There's something I haven't told you. The commander at Camp Hay drafted a letter to the mayor, basically giving him and the council permission to run the city if the army evacuates. Evacuate? The military's leaving? Looks like it. There's a sentence in the letter ordering the mayor to arrange for the quote-unquote peaceful occupation of the Japanese. I think that for all intents and purposes... Baguio is an open city. What's that? Basically, if the Japanese try to take over, we're going to put up a white flag. (laughs) How are we going to fight them without the army? Then if we're not safe here, where are we? We can still take our chances up in the mountains. With two children. Or go to Manila. It might be better there. This sounds more like Hobson's choice to me. Oh, who'd be calling at this hour? I'd better get it. Hello? Jerry, did you hear about the roads being blocked? Yes, I just heard a minute ago, Ted. Well, is it true? It's true. What are you guys going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. This concludes Episode 4. 
Be sure to listen to the epilogue following this message and tune in for the next episode of Forbidden Diary, the true World War II story of Natalie Crowder, based on her secret journal written from a Japanese prison camp in the Philippines.